just to choke, as if a sob was caught in her throat. It's these bloody bombs, he said. The bloody bombs. Are you family, love? She sniffed heavily. (laughs) I'm not family. They're heroes, aren't they? He saw a broad wedding ring on her. Are you from an army family, Ellie? Is that why you're here? She seemed to snort. (laughs) Absolutely not. I'm all right now, thanks for your time. She wandered away without a backward glance, and he realised Beryl was now close behind him. Ellie's backside swung as she walked. An unobtrusive man, he was noticed by few of the pedestrians who shared the steps with him that climbed to the pavements of Vauxhall Bridge and onto the headquarters of MI6. Len Gibbons was known to few of those who passed through the security gates, morning and evening, alongside him, or shared the lift to and from the third floor where his desk stood, or waited in the canteen lunch queue with him. The word of the day was deniable. Len Gibbons had been called to the meeting and briefed over a pot of tea and a shortbread biscuit. Take the bastard down, Len, would be the vulgar way to put it. We might more politely call it interdiction. Actually, I prefer take the bastard down. It'll be deniable. My diary has me in the cabinet office fifteen minutes ago and they're all afternoon, so go to it, Len, and know that many men and widows will be cheering you on. Len wore the years well, fifty-nine and was physically fit, mentally alert, with good colour in his face. His trade demanded ordinariness rather than eccentricity, and there was little about him that anyone would remember. The underground behind them, they passed the entrance to the Ritz Hotel, then skirted the south side of Piccadilly Circus. Neither looked up at the Eros statue and turned down into Haymarket. She came level to his elbow and murmured the number they should look for. He nodded. They were a team. There was a doorway, and inside newspapers were scattered instead of a mat. A man in commissionaire's uniform sat at a desk, but they were not challenged and declined to use the lift. She had a Yale and two Mortis keys out of a handbag, and he stood at the side while she unfastened the door. Gibbons didn't know when the service had last used the premises, whether they were regular or occasional visitors. He was a bureaucrat and a small cog by fate of circumstance between large wheels, and he accepted that. But he took pride in what he did. Usually he succeeded in providing what was asked of him. She had emptied his case of photographs, and the big folded map, and had the roll of sellotape in her hand. She didn't bother to ask him where she should display the images. He'd been with the operation from the beginning, and thought now that if his makeup was willing, it approached the end. At the beginning, two years and three months before, a man had sneezed. He might have caught the mild dose of influenza from his wife or children. He had sneezed and gone back to his labour on the electronics bench. He didn't know that the sneeze would kick-start an operation launched from a faraway city. Had he done so, he might have realised that a fine film had scattered from his face. Some minuscule droplets had wafted down onto the bench, and a few had come to rest on the circuit he was putting together. He didn't know that the device had failed to detonate. 
a trigger man, as the great Satan's troops described the bomb layer, and the peasant charged with firing the device had panicked when an attack helicopter had flown low over the sand scrape in which he had hidden himself, some three hundred yards back from Highway 6, the convoy route. The engineer knew nothing about the basic information his sneeze had provided. He'd gone on working through a full day until a car had taken him home. He'd not known of the chasm he had made in his personal security when he sneezed. Neither did he know that fifty-one days later, a slim file would be handed to a journeyman intelligence officer charged with the coordination of an intelligence trawl. It was 319 days after Rashid the engineer had sneezed over his workbench that a man walked into the lobby of the British consulate of the Gulf Emirate city of Dubai and requested a meeting with a diplomat. The man said, I can tell you about the engineer who made the bombs that killed so many of your soldiers in my son Anbazar.